Good afternoon, everyone. I'm Regina Campbell. We're here bringing you the Legal Zone. Uh, this is now our fourth episode. Um, hopefully, uh, you know, season one. Hopefully, we've been bringing you some content that's helpful for you as to your business and uh, family law needs. Uh, hopefully, we also intend to bring to you additional stuff in the future. We're proud to say that we are finally on Apple Podcasts, so that you can go ahead and also listen to these podcasts there, as well as Buzzsprout, and also you can look at past podcasts on our YouTube channel. We invite everyone to become a subscriber and to support us on all social media, um, you know, outlets. You know, hopefully, we're providing good information. We also suggest everyone send us an email, send us a message, and any or anything you want to hear about or talk about or that might be of interest. And we might be able to actually talk about it in one of our how-to series or one of our podcasts. Glad to at least give people some preliminary information about things that they need. So today we're here to talk about parental uh, rights, time sharing, and parenting plans. Uh, in most states, uh, most states still use sort of the terminology custody or custodial parent, custodial non-resident parent. Here in Florida, you know, even though we do understand what those terminologies mean, we did abandon the use of them specifically in statute some time ago. So we basically use the right of parental time, I mean, parental responsibility and time sharing rights of the parents. So it can be a little confusing and those two particular rights are usually put in what we call a parenting plan. So just a little bit of uh, understanding about the differences between those three words. Often that is something that confuses people and it sounds like it's all the same thing <laughs> to some extent. But there is a division, so to, you know, to understand what Florida might mean by parental responsibility. Parental responsibility usually means the party's um, sort of rights to make decisions on behalf of their children. So in most cases, you're gonna have shared parental responsibility, even when you have one parent potentially exercising a significantly less time sharing. Um, sometimes courts, however, can give a sort of sole parental you know, responsibility or decision-making to one parent if they feel the other parent is just not capable of doing so or it's not in the best interest of the child to allow that other parent to do so. The, the court can also potentially limit, so for in other words, they might have one parent that makes religious decisions on behalf of the children and another makes medical. Uh, it could also be where they share other decision-making issues, but one parent has the right to make decisions on behalf of the child's religious or medical needs. So, you know, there's a little bit, a little bit of uh, everything for everyone, depending on the circumstances. I find most of the time though, when a parent is given sole parental sort of decision-making, it's usually because the other parent is either not present or just unfit or not able to assist in that and might be detrimental to the child. So it's something just to keep in mind. But those are parental decision-making uh, rights that are often put into a plan, into the parenting plan. Um, even if, say, you know, even if they have uh, one parent that makes major decisions for, on behalf of a child, you also still have, the other parent usually has the right, absent some kind of domestic violence circumstances or potential harm to the child. The, both, children, both parents usually have the right to go see children in shows and partic participate in their activities and extracurricular activities if they choose. These are all the type of stuff that you would see in a parenting plan. And you'd probably think to yourself, Regina, why do we need this in a parenting plan? Isn't it just obvious? Well, Unfortunately not. Um, there are times in which parents either due to animosity between each other or just difficulty not happy with someone's girlfriend or boyfriend or new girlfriend or boyfriend, they often will exclude the other parent from activities or not tell them of the activities sort of um, to punish them for not being attentive or being part of the child's daily life and they don't let say, hey, you know, Johnny's got a soccer game this weekend um, or, you know, Annabelle has, you know, a ballet uh, show this weekend. 
And part of the thing is, so this parenting plans make sure these type of rights are in a plan and actually enforced through a court order. They become part of the final judgment. Um, you know, in the decision making as to any of these issues between parents, and that's there for a reason. So that each parent is usually given, usually required, you know, to share information with each other, and it's unfortunately necessary sometimes when we have parents that either do not want to continue to talk or kind of co-parent with the other parent. It's sort of a form of punishment. So parenting plans that have these sub provisions make it obligatory, you know, obligatory to do so in a court order. Um, and it sets out the parents' rights. So if the other parent doesn't say, "Well, you know, you, you know, you don't need to know about Annabelle's ballet session. You know, I didn't have to tell you." Um, ultimately, the court, most most often than not, will require these type of provisions in parenting plans to ensure that both parents have the ability to participate in the children's life. And of course, it's up to the parent to also participate as well. But we don't want to necessarily make this more difficult. Most courts agree, and I agree also as a family law attorney. Children love to see both parents sitting in that audience. So you can't make a parent parent, so to speak, but you certainly cannot make, you don't need to make it more difficult either. You know, ultimately it is the children that suffer when that happens and it's rather unfortunate. It does stick with them for a long time. So courts are very protective and particularly would prefer to see comprehensive parenting plans that address these type of issues that may exist already, most often than not in a parenting, in a in a uh, paternity suit or some type of divorce, when you're establishing uh, time-sharing rights and parental responsibility, you can kind of already see how the parents are going to be co-parenting, and often you'll need to put additional provisions into a parenting plan to make sure that one parent is not put at a disadvantage. And, you know, unfortunately, to the detriment of not just that parent, but to the child as well. So, that's examples of uh, parental time. You know, parental responsibility is major decision making. Uh, you know, on behalf of the children, but there's also other things that go in there into the parental responsibility sort of section that include requiring, you know, uh, requiring both parents to share information about the child's life, about the child's activities between each other. It also gives parents the right to be able to look at their children's medical records, absent, of course, a circumstance in which you must limit the parent's rights, again, in the cases of abuse or domestic violence. But for the most part, you know, parents need to make sure that they have right, particularly fathers, you know, uh, that are not, may not have initially been established the, you know, the child's father ahead of time or through formal process. They want to make sure that their rights to see their children's educational and medical records are preserved in the parenting plan. In case a third party ever questions whether or not that party has the legal right to see the information. So these are all things that help, um, even when you don't actually have parental responsibility or, or decision-making, let's say on medical, more often than not, the parents are still allowed to see the other parents, um, I mean, the children's medical records and school records absent a circumstance that would be uh, detrimental to the children. So that's pretty much, parental responsibility talks about the different requirements or obligations between the parties, which also might include if they plan on leaving the state. Uh, what kind of notification is required, what kind of permission from the other parent is required. Uh, in addition, if they want to leave the country, same thing. Uh, what kind of written permission or responsibilities does the other parent have and conditions in order to be able to take the children outside the country. More often than not, taking the children after, out of the country can be a very serious issue that some parents have to give serious thought to particularly if they're going to a country where it might be hard to get the children back in the event there is a, um, uh, a bargaining chip, unfortunately, or the other parent is sort of uh, being difficult and potentially may kidnap the children. So you want to take 
particular consideration to the parts of the parenting plan that talk about travel outside the country if you have if you have concern such as that for instance it's very difficult right now to you know potentially get children back from venezuela if they were taken there there's limited court access and judicial process or due process or protection of of course another you know one of the other parties rights especially a party that might be in the united states or another country so it's something you want to give considerable thought to and keep in mind that even if a judge requires you know the party to bring the children back once the children are in another country it's a whole new ball game and technically the court's order here has no validity so to speak uh, maybe in venezuela uh, of course, there is issues where countries under the Hague Treaty show comedy to each other and, you know, of course, they follow the procedures of potentially the Hague uh, Treaty and requirements of sending the children back under certain circumstances for the, I guess, what they call the home state of the child to make a decision as to what's going on with custody. But unfortunately, in particularly hostile countries or difficult countries that are under political upheaval, this may be a more difficult process. And this has to be given considerable thought when writing out your parenting plan if you have one of these circumstances. So uh, another, another example of what might be sort of a parenting plan and, and it's um, sort of a cross between the parental responsibility concept and the time sharing is also which parent uh, is going to be responsible uh, for making sure the children speak to the other parent or giving access to the parent to speak to the children on a daily basis, uh, particularly, you know, depending on if that parent doesn't spend much time with them or if the other parent travels. The courts are looking for parents to facilitate communication between each other, between their other parent. Uh, so often we will set up a time, it depends on the circumstances and the age of the child or the children. Uh, you might set up sort of a FaceTime, you know, call every day with mom or dad at uh, 5.30 in the afternoon. Uh, it might be two o'clock in the afternoon. It might need to be after practice, you know, when they come back at seven or eight o'clock. So it just depends on the circumstances. Every family is unique, and of course, every child's unique, and every child's schedule is unique. So, um, but those are the type of things that are in, also going to be considered in parenting plans. Sort of another hybrid, and we'll segue into what time sharing is. Time sharing is basically indicating how much time are you going to spend with mom and how much time are you going to spend with dad. Um, or mom and mom, right? Or dad and dad, depending on your circumstances. So uh, basically, uh, for instance, there might be a situation where it's going to, you hear the, the use 50-50 all the time, 50-50 uh, time sharing. So that might be one week with one parent, one week with the other. Uh, however, due consideration has to be given to the children, their sort of temperament, their, their personalities, their ages, what's going on in their lives. Some children do not do very well with one week on, one week off. Um, particularly because they're not used to maybe spending so much time away from the other parent. Uh, one of the parents may live further away and not as close to their friends so they can have, you know, potentially see their friends in between uh, sort of, um, you know, time sharing. So there's definitely not a one size fits all in family law. Uh, depending on the, on the child and the temperament and what they're going through and their age, they may do better with a, uh, you know, a 4-3, you know, 3-4 so to speak, a type of time-sharing plan, which basically means that they might be four overnights with mom and then three overnights with dad, and then you flip it, so to speak. Now, of course, there's circumstances where it's 80-20. So in other words, you may have uh, the children with one parent 80% of the overnights. Specifically in time-sharing, we talk about overnights um, and we calculate the overnights, not just a day stay, so to speak, you know, the time in which they spend with the children during the day, the other parent, particularly because it's a function of child support also. So when you go to figure out child support, the guidelines look at overnights, basically, and how much you spend with each parent. 
So it's one of the reasons why you hear me talk about overnights. And of course, overnights are significant. You have to make sure the children, the other parent or the person taking the children overnight are going to be doing their homework, giving them a bath, and making sure the children go to bed in time, potentially for school, waking up with the children to go to school the following day. So these are things you want to take into consideration when you're talking about overnights between each other and where the children will do best and what is best for the children as well. Some parents, for instance, might work late, you know, all night. They might be a nurse that works um, night shift, so to speak. So it might be harder for that parent to exercise more overnights. Um, however, this is where the other parent can also show flexibility and try to uh, provide adaptation to the other parties or the other parents' schedule in order to ensure they can maybe see the other parent, the children can see the other parent as much as possible or whatever it might be in the best interest of the child or the children. Remember, most of the time, children, even though we may have difficulties and there's a lot of um, difficult, you know, legal arguments and potentially game playing, unfortunately, the reality is sometimes going on with uh, time sharing plans. The, the children do not know the difference. Often they want to see both parents or they want to have both parents in their lives. Now that doesn't mean that you do, you bend and twist to allow the other parent to see the child, you know, at their whim or when they feel like it or when it's convenient, because that's also not a parent that's, you know, potentially is going to be a stable influence in the children's life or allow stability for the children. But you must, there's a difference between being flexible and, and, and sort of completely, uh, you know, given in to whatever that other person needs, which is also not an optimal uh, time sharing plan or way to raise children either. Uh, so these are things you need to consider what goes on in children's lives and, and in parents' lives and try to be as flexible as you can for the children. That does not mean that you are required to uh, bend over backwards and let the other party potentially play games with you and your schedule and the children as they harass you basically through the use of time sharing. Uh, and I'm saying this to you very frankly because we all know this actually happens and I employ parents to on both sides to, you know, to take the children out of the middle consider potentially what's best for them and do what needs to be done. You know, no longer if, if, if you and your husband are no longer together or you and your boyfriend or girlfriend are no longer together and you had to separate and you have a child, uh, it, you know, this the child does not need to be stuck in the middle and it's something needs to be taken into consideration and not certainly not used as a pawn or a bargaining chip either. So time sharing also can include, for instance, which parent is going to take, you know, which parent is going to do the pickup, which is going to do the drop off. You know, you might agree that uh, the parent always exercising their time sharing is going to do the pickup. You know, um, you might do it the other way. The, you know, the party exercising time sharing or potentially ending their time sharing is going to drop off the children at the other parent's house. In time sharing, so in the parenting plan also, you'll discuss, which is sort of part of time sharing, is uh, also who is going to take the children to extracurricular activities. So if you have the child that afternoon or the children that afternoon, you might be obligated to make sure the children get to their extracurricular activity that day or some kind of school event. They do their homework, they do the bathing. These are the type of things that we often will put into parenting plans. And as part of time sharing and slash parental responsibility when it comes to homework and bathing, to ensure that the other party is doing, creating a stable environment for the children fairly consistent. Now, of course, courts often, you know, I have a parent that might think, well, you know, I'm a little more hands-off. I let the children sort of have less structure. The other parent may have, insist on more structure. 
Now, I can't tell you one is better than the other. It really also depends on the child. Um, most often, structure seems to work better with children. However, I've seen many children also thrive, depending on the personality of the, chi the children, uh, thrive on a less structured sort of schedules, particularly depending on what they're going through life. Remember, they are, the children are also going through a lot of transitions, but especially if this is something new, uh, you know, whether it's a paternity proceeding or a divorce. So I can't tell you which is right. What I can tell you is the best thing for the children is that you both communicate and you try to have a similar lifestyle and schedule at each other's houses. Now, I do think it's important to stress that maybe one parent does things a little different than the other. Parents need to be very, very careful. And this is often con actually considered a provision. We put in, in a provision for parenting plan because some parents do not do this, but they need to encourage, well, that's mom and that's okay. Mom's got her way of doing it and that's fine. Dad does it this way, uh, but in a very productive way, because if not, what you're doing is you're potentially sort of um, demeaning or degrading how that other parent does it or how they do it wrong or that other parent may be ridiculous. We need to be very careful with the words that we choose, basically. Um, so, you know, with children, it's okay for your different. The best thing is to have a schedule that's similar to each other as much as you possibly can and, and sort of co-parent together and try to have a unified front in all your communications. But of course, there's going to be differences, particularly when there's differences in the styles and the personalities of the parents. But that doesn't have to be a bad thing. You know, the other parents should always encourage the, the children to take what's What's great, you know, hey, mom does it that way. Look, it works good this way for this reason. Dad can't do it for the, you know, the way mom does it because he likes it this way and he has a different job and he feels this, you know, this is the way that we like it, the way that we eat at the table. Encourage that neither neither parent is right or wrong, so I mean wrong, so to speak. You know, they, that everyone has their own way of doing things. So the children do not feel like they have to pick between the parent's style or between the parent. So these are just some tips, hopefully, to help you kind of create, ultimately, what is a parenting plan? because the parenting plan will contain all the rights between the, between the parties and the children and, and what you've agreed to do and not do. Other type of provisions that may be in parenting plans may also be that each party is not going to introduce the children to a significant other. So for instance, they've been at least dating a significant other for six months or for a year. Um, other type of provisions may also be that if the parents cannot agree to a certain vacation spot, they'll go to a co-parenting therapist first potential to mediation before bringing the case you know, before the court for a modification or for permission. So there's a lot of, there's, I've seen pretty much a little bit of everything. I've seen parents that travel a lot where the children are going to Europe for three months to spend time with their father. And of course there has to be special provisions for sort of traveling, how the children get there, who covers those costs. That's also particularly so with uh, parents that might, one parent or father lives, let's say for instance in Texas and the mother lives in Florida. Due consideration has to be given and flexibility to when that parent can see the children. Often that parent will have more of a right to see them during holidays and summer visits. So these are the type of schedules that are sort of like a, it's a relocation type schedule or you know a distance sort of schedule, a time sharing plan that needs to be put together, parenting plan and discussions. Now, even if a parent lives far away, it doesn't mean they can't actually partake in parental decision-making with the other parent. Uh, so these are you know, just things that, like I said, it's never a one size fits all in family law. Okay, every family is unique. Uh, every family needs due consideration and, and understanding. So these are the things that we want you to take from today. And of course, um, you know, time and time and conversation needs to be spent into developing these parenting plans between the parties, whether it's between attorneys or between the parents themselves, which is always preferable if the parents can talk. Because ultimately, when the attorneys are no longer there and the judge is not there anymore, the parents are still going to need to be able to talk between each other and help raise their child or their children together. 
So hopefully this helps sort of steer the, you know, the parents into a more healthy sort of transition and planning that works for everybody. So we hope this has been helpful, you know, and uh, we wish everyone, you know, well, this is actually, uh, you know, summer's almost over. Enjoy it before it's gone. Enjoy the children, squeeze them, squish them, kiss them, whatever you need to do a little bit more. School is getting started again, which I know some people are also looking forward to school. This has been a very tough year. But uh, enjoy the summer. It's not over yet. And also we want to wish everyone, you know, a happy summer. I don't know if uh, we'll be doing the next podcast, I believe, either the end of August or September. Please stay tuned for any notification or any new podcast. Uh, we welcome you to come see us, whether it's live or come see the recording afterwards. Uh, basically, become a subscriber of our Apple Podcast channel. I guess we call that <laughs> or, or site. Also, our YouTube channel. And you can also hear us on Buzzsprout. Uh, finally, we ask that you maybe become a subscriber to our newsletter and fo or follow us on all social media sites, in which case we release our blogs and our posts and our podcasts there as well, where you can reach valuable information as well. It's a pleasure. Thank you, everybody. Take care.